Hello, survivalists. Hello, survivalists. Welcome to the crux. Probably the best survival podcast you'll ever hear in your whole life, so look no further. I am your host, Tessa King, and today I'm joined by none other than Casey McIntosh. Nice Easter. So, today, we'll be talking about the Evans family plane crash. On the way to a teaching position in a remote village in Alaska, the small airplane the Evans family was traveling in ran into bad weather, which plunged the family into a survival situation. Donald and Rosemary Evans were from upstate New York. Donald had joined the Marine Corps at age 17, where he spent four years, after which he enlisted in the Army. As I had stated before, the Evans, has, they had always dreamed of living in Alaska. It was their big dream. They wanted to take the whole family there. So when Donald's service ended in 2007, the couple finally pursued that dream and moved to Wasilla, Alaska. In this location, they both enrolled at the local college, Alaska Pacific University, and they both studied to become teachers. Shortly after graduating, they were both hired for a teaching position in Anvik, Alaska, which is a two-classroom elementary school. There was one other teacher. Basically, Donald and Rosemary were going to have a co-teaching position. They were going to teach one classroom while the other teacher, Julia, would have the other class. So totally small-town Alaska, how you imagine it. Yeah. Anvik, this town that they were going to teach in, is really a village there are fewer than 100 people who live there pretty small yeah and then imagine how many kids there actually are in this village probably not very many anvik sits near the iditarod route where the iditarod meets the yukon river this article i was reading said that snowmobiles outnumber pickup trucks yeah that's not surprising you no. mean snow machines that's what they call oh, them there excuse me <coughs> i'm sorry Alaska. i mean come on get it right tessa i'm quit i'm quit. it's fine <laughs> Vegetables are expensive because they have to be shipped in. And I visited our cousin in Haynes when she got married, and basically all the produce, everything was super expensive. And ice cream. Gosh, that'd be really rough I know. for me. Yeah, the ice cream bit. Who cares about the vegetables? <laughs> ice cream is like $10 for a pint. It's ridiculous. What about like frozen vegetables? Are they still really expensive? Those are probably less so. I wasn't really checking that out in the grocery store, but... You know, if I ever visit again. <laughs> yeah, will you please make notice of that for me? Yeah, or um, how about Lindsay can uh, write us a little note <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to us. Which you should be, <laughs> you clearly. Should be. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Donald and Rosemary first arrived in Anvik in 2011 with their two children, Mackenzie, who was eight at the time, and Donnie, who was 10. Rosemary had just discovered that she was in the first stages of pregnancy. A week before school started, the Evans family flew to McGrath for a series of school meetings, and they flew with the whole family. At the end of the week of these meetings, the family gathered a bunch of supplies to take back to Anvik. They would all fly back home in a little Cessna plane with an experienced pilot and the other teacher from the two-room schoolhouse, Julia Walker. The pilot of the Cessna, whose name was Ernie Chase, had them wait for a break in the weather before venturing out. So it was a pretty overcast day, 
But after waiting all day, around 7 p.m., they saw a break in the weather and they were able to leave. But after mere minutes of being in the air, the plane becomes encased in clouds. Ernie Chase dips the plane closer to the ground in hopes of getting into clearer sky. So he's trying to like find a break in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And then the clouds break just in time to see the mountainside through the windshield. Oh, no. Yeah. The plane slammed hard into the mountainside. It snapped in two on the mountain. Donald could not see where his children were. Rosemary was unconscious in her seat behind him. It was obvious the pilot had died, and one look behind him was enough to know that Julia Walker, the other teacher, had died in the crash. He was filled with dread. Everybody is gone, he thinks. He can't see the kids. Nope, can't see the kids. So the pilot's dead, the teacher's dead. His, His wife. wife is passed out. Who knows? Is she alive? Is she, is she dead? Can't see the kids. So can you imagine the position he's in right oh now? Oh, my goodness. It's also pouring rain outside. It's at this moment Donald notices that he's missing some of his teeth. He didn't know it at the time, but would later find out that he had broken his back, legs, feet, and jaw. Oh, my goodness. So basically everything. That's crazy. Yeah. And suddenly, he can hear Mackenzie crying from somewhere outside the plane. The crash had thrown her 20 feet from the craft. Wow. Her arm was broken, and her intestines were severed, (gasps) which they speculated later, maybe that was from her seatbelt. Oh, my gosh. So So she's like... Can they see this externally? Or this is just what happened internally? I, I think this was internally. It didn't okay. say. In the, I, I would assume that no. Because it- he crawled to Mackenzie out of the craft. So I think that he would have attended to her wounds if she had been externally bleeding. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was worried about her coming down with hypothermia because she was wet and exposed to all this rain that was happening. And this is nighttime. It's dark. Yeah. They left at 7. And this is about the school year, so probably getting pretty dark by then in Alaska. Yeah. Anyway, so they had all this gear from stopping in McGrath, and he had gone back to the craft and grabbed a quilt. So he removed her wet clothing and wrapped her up in it. And then they both dragged themselves back to the plane. Rosemary, meanwhile, is beginning to regain consciousness. So thank goodness she's not dead. Her back, feet, ankles, and right arm were broken. Oh, wow. The only movement she had was her left arm, which she used to feel behind her in the plane. She could hear Donnie somewhere screaming. (gasps) Donnie had rolled partially beneath the plane and was trapped beneath (gasps) floorboards. No. Yeah. So what Donald did was used a splintered log from a tree that had probably snapped in the crash and took it to brace his son. There was a pruning tool that they had packed that Donald used to cut away the floorboards to stop them from crushing his son. Oh my gosh, I do not know I do not like where this is going. Yeah, this is all horrible. And they're pretty little. Eight and ten. Is the brother eight or is he the ten year old? He's the ten year old. 
Less than an hour had passed, but it was getting colder. Donald crawled to the front of the plane and tried to contact help via radio, but no answer. He began to press the button on the emergency locator over and over. The device sent a message to Ernie's family in Wasilla at 8.30. They immediately launched a search crew to follow the flight path. Unfortunately, that same bad weather that had taken down the Evans family was now impeding the search effort. So as they're down below the cloud line, they could hear the airplanes, but unable they were unable to see them. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, so they know that people are out looking for them, but they can't do anything about it. The family huddles together through the night. Every few seconds, Donald would yell to his family and try to get them to yell back. His biggest fear is that if anyone fell asleep, they would die. In the dark, they could hear wolves howling, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's it's just eerie. It's like the equivalent of being on a boat with sharks underneath of it. Yeah. So they stayed awake. They yelled at each other. They sang together and prayed. An Air National Guard plane was sent from Anchorage and set upon the emergency locator signal. It was sent over the crash site around 3 in the morning, but the cloud cover once again prevented the rescuers from seeing the wreckage. Meanwhile, the family could hear the plane circling, circling, and then silence again. This was the moment that the Evans family began to worry that the rescue mission would end up being a recovery mission. They had purchased oranges in McGrath earlier, and Donald distributed them to his family. He said, Here, guys, this will bring a little sunshine into our lives right now. But in his head, he was kind of considering it as the last meal together. Wow. It was at this point they decided that they could probably rest and go to sleep. Rosemary looks back and says, I guess he just wanted us to be at peace. I think they knew that the thought process is if they fell asleep, they might not wake up. Mm Mm-hmm. At 9 a.m., a National Guard helicopter had left Anchorage to return to the crash site. Less than five minutes after eating their oranges, the family could hear the helicopters. So that's pretty crazy that they gave up and then all of a sudden... That is crazy. Here are the rescuers. The helicopter was able to break through the clouds around 11 a.m. But they couldn't land because of the crash site. It was kind of a sloping hill with broken trees so what they had to do was have two rescuers drop from the helicopter to rescue each member one at a time yep 15 hours had passed since the crash and donald really advised everyone to go help rosemary first because of her pregnancy of course they were all flown to a hospital in anchorage so here's the update what happened to them Mackenzie had to have her appendix removed and her intestines reattached. Donnie had to be cut ear to ear so surgeons could pull a section of his skull back into place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's, it's amazing that he lived. If he had a skull fracture, he probably had some kind of brain injury too. Yeah. Rosemary and Donald were placed in wheelchairs due to their broken backs. And when they were at the hospital, they had no idea if their unborn child would make it. 
Thankfully, Rosemary was able to give birth seven months after the crash. They named their daughter Willow, after the tree branch that Donald used to save Donnie. The baby's middle name is Julia, after the teacher who lost her life in the crash. The Evans family gave up on their Alaska dream and moved to Maine to be closer to family. Mackenzie and Donnie recovered well from their injuries. However, Donald and Rosemary have never completely physically recovered. This article I read said that they get on by money from the airline insurance. Rosemary was quoted as saying, We will never have full use of our bodies, but we choose happiness. We endured for one another. Do um, either of the adults, do they ever regain their ability to walk? Do you know? Oh, I think they, they had a picture in this article of them all standing with their family. Okay. I think of it being more like a disability because they, sure. they have plates and rods in their yeah. backs and chronic so. back pain and things like that. Yeah. Just crazy. I mean, the injuries both of them sustained. And the kids. Like yeah. having an intestine that's ruptured is a death sentence. She yeah. would have become septic within a short period of time. So do you think there are any long-term effects from having that happen? I bet she recovered really well. Mm-hmm. So the only other thing that I really looked into was accidents that happen in small aircrafts, because I seem to hear a lot of these stories coming out of Alaska. Yeah, for sure. And I found from manufacturing.net that Alaska's aviation accident rate is 2.35 times higher than the rest of the nation. Which is kind of crazy because it's like less than 1% of the entire U.S. population lives in Alaska. So for it to be that much higher than everywhere else is significant. Did you see anything about um, Cessna accidents versus uh, car accidents? Oh, that would be interesting. No. The one thing that they did mention in this article is that Alaska lacks infrastructure that is routine in other parts of the country. The big part is technology, and part of that is technology that can provide certified weather information, mm-hmm. which is huge because the weather's constantly changing in an environment like that. Yeah. And especially when it's so mountainous. Just as a side note, when we went to Alaska, mom refused to get on a seaplane. <laughs> Because she hears all these stories and she says part of her reasoning about not getting into one is that a lot of the tourism industry, they recruit young pilots and experienced pilots to fly tourists. Yeah. So, and that of course is speculation. This stat about the rate of crashes is legitimate. I don't know about what mom says, but it's an interesting take. There's a lot of variables, you know, because you could have experienced pilots and then you could have an old aircraft that you're flying. So there are a lot of things that could come into play. Yeah. This guy was in his seventies and had done this flight like hundreds of times. So it was just a fluke. Yeah. I guess in my mind, I would have thought, let's just wait till the next day at that point. But I guess if it's dark most of the time in Alaska anyway, what difference does it make? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who knows? And this family, they probably were like, sure. We want to get back home. All right. I'm not going into Cessna ever again, Tessa. (laughs) (laughs) That's my main form of transportation. Just think about uh, our brother who was, you know, trying to get experience in a Cessna and would take us out for rides. 
Yeah, well, we're alive. <laughs> Hashtag survivors, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, that's my story. It's not a long one, but it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that all of those people survived those accidents. All of them had life-threatening accidents. Or all of them had life-threatening injuries. Yeah, well, and the other two died on impact. Impact, sorry. Yeah, so the fact that they were all, they all survived. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that quote from Rosemary where she is saying, we endured for one another. I think maybe part of the reason they survived is that they did have one another. They did it for each other. Exactly. They all, it was like a family effort to keep it going. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for the story. You're well, anytime. <laughs> How about like next week? Yeah, great. I'll see you then. Okay, sounds good. I look forward to it. How about you guys join us too? That would be great. And if you love us, please leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. They give us joy. (laughs) And we'll love you even that much more. Yeah. Which we already love you a lot, so thanks for listening. Who even knew it was more possible to have (laughs) that much love? (laughs) It's coming your way. (laughs) All right. All right. You guys have a good week. Stay alive until next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.